Dr. Florence Comite, CEO and founder of the Comite Center for Precision Medicine and Health in New York City, Palo Alto, and Miami. You can find us online at ComiteMD.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Comite Center. I'm also the founder and CEO of Grok Health Online. It's our digital health startup. Check out at Grok Health, G-R-O-Q-H-E-A-L-T, on all platforms and sign up on our wait list. The Grok app will give you the ability to stop and reverse health decline and aging. Check it out. At least in the hinterlands where I am, COVID is gone and it's almost like a bad dream. I think that COVID is waning right now, and I think as we enter the third year of the pandemic, we're seeing real change and kind of relief. People are tired. Using masks has become old, although some people, I think, will continue to use masks. I think at this point, people are ready to return to a pre-pandemic life, but I'm not sure that's ever going to happen, at least in the foreseeable future, because I don't know that it's going to go away completely. My belief is it's going to turn into a flu-like situation where every year we will probably see COVID return in some fashion as a variant. And while the fear of COVID, according to a recent poll by the Associated Press, is waning in the United States and abroad, actually about 50% of Americans still support some kind of mask mandate. But it's down from 75% in December 2020. The masks will come out in November every year. I think that's a good way to think about it. I actually think that it will continue to, to hang around, but we will be prepared and we will understand how we can ratchet up protection. What about kids? How effective was the vaccine in kids? Where are we going forward with kids and vaccines? What happened, and it was kind of a little troubling, is the Pfizer vaccine became available and the Omicron surge happened at the same time. So it looked like the Pfizer vaccine was less effective. But in truth, what happened is the vaccine was not as effective for Omicron. And so people who've been vaccinated got the Omicron variant despite the vaccination. And the other theory is that because children got a third of the amount, they weren't as protected. I am leaning more towards the first reason, but it could be a combination. So the bottom line for children is do not skip the vaccine for your children, and it will get to younger and younger children. So we vaccinate our children because it protects them, and we know that we don't want to lose our children, and that's what happened in eras before vaccination. Medical research on COVID, what piques your interest in this regard? The biggest issue in terms of medical research in COVID is the association between underlying health conditions and COVID-19 severity and prognosis. I don't feel it's been thoroughly elucidated. I think there's much more to be discovered. I believe that if we can take good care of ourselves, if we know what's going on under the surface, not so much living life day to day, because many of us, and you and I talk about this often, do not pay attention. We feel like our health is going to last forever, particularly those of us in our 20s and 30s, before our bodies start declining or we have reasons to think they do. We're busy. We're raising a family. We're working hard. But what's really happening is under the surface, our bodies aren't functioning as well as they did. And that's natural. We're aging. As they say, death and taxes, inevitable, yep. right? 
But if we can look at specific risk factors and minimize them through personalized and precise interventions to optimize our health, we can protect ourselves even from COVID. This is an aside. In watching movies and TV shows and the like, so many people are shown smoking. What is that all about? First of all, in Europe, I still think it hasn't been splashed as much as it has in the States. But I will tell you that there are people, even in hospital settings, who sneak into the corridor and into the hallways, into the stairwells, and smoke. And I was always shocked as a medical student in training to see respiratory therapists come and take care of people in the ICU and then go out for a smoke. And so I think there's a disconnect in people's brains, and they feel like, well, this won't bother them or affect them. And I think we have to stop that kind of delusional thinking. We are only human. And unless we have the Superman or Superwoman genes <laughs> and except for kryptonite, we're going to live forever. And it also looks sexy, you know, having yeah. a smoke after sex yeah. um, or something like that um, is probably not as sexy. Maybe it's also vaping. You know, vaping has become a big deal. And True. the fact that we've approved uh, pot in many states. And we need to understand the ramifications of that. I'm not saying to roll back the clock. I think people should have choices. Speaking to that, a lot of your work for your entire life has led up to this point with Grok. Grok is here. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> about that, Pat, as you know. And it's out. Grok Health, G-R-O-Q. You can look it up. You can get on the wait list. It's the first and only app that will be used And it's proven clinically based on the science and the work I've done, as you know, for the last two decades to reverse biological age versus like chronological age, your birthday. So you get younger biologically, even as you blow out more candles on the cake to predict and reverse your aging and disease and optimize your health. And the goal would be to predict healthy longevity. So it takes you as a partner, for example, and if you get online, you could do this in your pajamas. You could do this any time of day or night. And if you upload some information about yourself and you get a few blood tests and you want to monitor it, you can actually control your own health destiny, your own health future. Things like losing weight, increasing energy, putting on muscle, reversing aging reversing diabetes or heart disease if it runs in your family or Alzheimer's, even cancer. And what's really exciting about it is sometimes there are specific ways to do it where you don't have to kill yourself going to the gym two hours a day. And you can eat more than you think you can eat. I can't wait to make this available to everybody the way we've done it for a select group of people at the center as we've studied it over the past two decades. It involves a wearable device, does it not? It can, but it doesn't have to. But the way we're launching it is we're letting people order the wearable device that tests for sugar in the fluids around your tissue. This is a little more tricky, but it's so much fun. I've been doing it for years. There's a device called a continuous glucose monitor that you wear on your arm, on your tricep, the back of your upper arm, and it can tell what foods and exercise and sleep does to your sugar or glucose. And it allows you then to make choices about what you eat and when you eat and how you mix food. So for example, you and I might have different responses to a banana and there are studies on this. When I eat a banana, for example, my sugar may go sky high. But when you eat a banana, your sugar may stay low. Then when you eat a cookie, your sugar may go way up. 
But when I eat a cookie, my sugar may stay low. And so different strokes for different folks is real. And unfortunately, in medicine, the way the research is done in conventional medicine, it's more like a population. And we look at averages and it's a one size fits all. But by wearing this kind of device, what's called a continuous glucose monitor, and it's been used only in diabetics up until now, we can actually help people make smart decisions and they can see for themselves what happens, which I think is incredible. We have figured out people who have insomnia or they've had difficulty with their bellies or thyroid issues just on the basis of wearing the continuous glucose monitor. And it's a simple prescription that we're willing to prescribe for folks once they join Brock as a member and, you know, now getting on a wait list and then ultimately showing their interest. Does it require a blood draw or does it depend on who the person is? does not initially require a blood draw, but to get the most out of it, a blood draw would be great. But it starts with this continuous glucose monitor, so you don't need a blood draw. The good news is that we're going to launch with people signing up to get this device and not paying for the app at all. So it will be free, but you can sign up and get the device and learn what it means and upload your own data that you might, let's say if you went to the doctor in the last year and you have some information, we can take a look at that information while you're wearing the device. You're going to think I'm uh, out of my mind for asking this, but what about privacy issues? What happens to this data that Big Brother could be monitoring my weight? I mean, I don't know why they'd want to, but <laughs> but I'm saying that they could yeah. be getting all this information for diabolical reasons. Well, I'm not sure about weight being diabolical, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yes. Believe me. Yes. We have a commitment not to share this data, not to sell it, not to allow anyone to get access to it. And so we are very, very, very tough on that. And we, I agree that I, too, would be very concerned. So we are doing everything in our power to keep it private. We do not intend to sell this data, to use it for marketing or any other such purposes. But I do agree that privacy is one of the biggest issues that is becoming paramount for everybody to think about. So we are gung-ho on making sure that we protect this, and we are certainly not about giving up this data or sharing this data with anybody. Having said that, though, I can see how also this could make life so much easier with all this information in one place. So many, if you go to different doctors, so much of your information is, it's over here, it's over there, and it's hard to get it all together in, in one place. Exactly, like a repository, like like they do now with cars, where you can follow from the time they put together a car to the junkyard. And yes. there's a name for that, the circle of life almost, where yes. all your data gets put into the same place. We do that now at the Comité Center for our clients. And we keep that information. And I completely agree. In fact, if you remember the Seinfeld episode where Elaine tried to get her data from the doctor and could not. Yes. And so, and data is really important. You need to know what's happened to yourself in order to be able to retrieve it and give it to the doctor. I had an incident recently where I called a local doctor for some information, and it was more than seven years ago. And the office person said, oh, I'm sorry, we get rid of that data after seven years because storage is a problem. I was unhappy, and I said, that is really not acceptable. I need to get access to that because I have some questions about what occurred at that time. And I'm a physician, and I should have known better. I should have gotten that data at the time, and I didn't have it. And so I was not happy with myself either. It's something we should all learn from. Everyone should request copies of any reports when they go 
see a doctor, even if they keep it themselves. But that's what Grok will serve as as well, a repository to keep track of your own health data. Once again, where can we go to find information about this and if we want to sign up? At Grok Health and grokhealth.com. And that's G-R-O-Q. G-R-O-Q-H-E-A-L-T-H. And at Grok Health is on all the social media sites. If people are very, very interested, write a little note about why it would apply to you. And we'll be probably plucking some people off the wait list to participate in the beta.